This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. Anyway, welcome back. We're going to talk to my – no, it's, it's amazing. I just, uh, I just said – Baseball has their attendance overall has gone down eight straight years. Right. And some guy calls me, "Hey, Atlanta has great attendance. I don't know what goes on in Miami." And it's like, dude, listen to the goddamn subject. The entire <laughs> sport's gone down eight straight years. What is wrong with you? Like, it, it's, it's really amazing how people don't actually listen to what you're actually talking about. And then they get butt hurt somewhere. Where, by the way, Atlanta's been mediocre in attendance because they showed up last year and got over $3 million or something. I mean, you know, it's, like, amazing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah being a former baseball writer, I can tell you uh, with how, how much the prices have gone up in every, in every city. I mean, just for a beer to go, right, drink a beer at a game, some places it's $10, $12. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people who just want to stay home and watch it. It's too many games. That's why uh, baseball has a problem. Oh, major problem. The problem is uh, their fans are you and me, dude. Old people. Right. Right. And then their their fan base is dying. They're not picking up young fans. They'll have a couple of young fans because their dads or their grandfathers are seam heads. And so they kind of bring them there. But most kids, they don't give a shit about baseball, dude. They don't follow baseball. They follow football, basketball, soccer, you know, um, they, they, those are the kind of sports that they follow. Young people are following soccer more than baseball, man. Worst, worst marketed sport among the major. Oh God, it's not even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the players don't even get it, dude. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right about that. Yeah, yeah. They they get it. They get it everywhere else. But it's just pay attention to what people are saying, please, out there. Jesus. Anyway, all right, so uh, Ron Guidry, speaking of baseball, is now your new uh, (laughs) defensive coordinator. All right, I like it. Hey, listen, um, you remember Todd something, or I forgot his name now. I remembered it the other day when this happened. Mm -hmm. He left, like, Pittsburgh for Arizona, and it was a college coach, and then... Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham, exactly, that's it. And, like, within, you know, and, and, bro... All hell broke loose. Everybody picked on him. That's the norm now. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, people, people. I mean, again, it, it's that's why I always tell people they get frustrated. Why don't we have a coach hired yet? This and that. It, it, there's a domino effect in all of this. You know, it just it just is. And openings openings happen. Guys move on to their next. And 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 a guy like Gidry, who spent his entire career pretty much at the G5 or FCS level. Uh, he gets a phone call from Miami to go to Power Five that has more money and more resources. Of course, he's going to take that job, even if he's been at Tulane for three weeks. Uh, Kevin Steele last year, same thing. He was at Maryland literally for a week. They had just finished uh, sort of uh, putting his name on the office door, <laughs> and he left for Miami. So yeah, I mean, things are never done. It's it's the way it is. And you know, the one thing I will say, oh, is I think a lot of coaches nowadays, and we've had this conversation, I think, in the past. Uh, they prefer the NFL. They don't want to deal with the BS of, of recruiting and NIL and all that other stuff. If given, given the choice, I think most coaches would, would go to the NFL first. And I think that's what slows up this process because Mario has certain guys in mind, um, ha- has had certain guys in mind through this process that 
you know, uh, sometimes the NFL, because it runs later, the NFL season runs now through the through the first or second week of February, uh, that, that sometimes that delays the process. So, uh, but as far as Guidry's concerned, I think it was a great hire. Uh, it, and I'll say it for this reason, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said he should have probably been coaching at the Power 5 level long ago. I know Ed Orgeron really liked him at LSU. The problem with Guidry, he had a couple DUIs. Uh, when he was younger. I think the last one was in 2011. And, you know, sometimes that scares away um, programs and it makes it tough to hire a guy sure. or whatever if he's got a little bit of a history. Uh, but it's been a long time. Well, now. Shit, man, we all make mistakes. And if you've right. proven over time you've stayed away from them, hell, Mike McDaniel had an alcohol uh, problem. And uh, Lee Steinberg, we were just talking about one of the top agents. He had an alcohol issue, overcame it. You know, the, I, I admire people like that, too, that are able to overcome their demons. That's a that's a really strong person. Right. And and obviously that's totally different than some other indiscretions with coaches and, you know, other, other things you can get in trouble for. I'm not sure. saying a DUI isn't a big deal, but certainly uh, it, it, it's not as a big offense maybe as some other things that, that uh, guys have gotten hired All right. for in the past. All right. So let's talk the elephant in the room. And I'm going to ask you a, like, multi-part question on this. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Strong was a guy that I thought would be a no-brainer, did not get an interview, and then left right away after, uh, after, uh, after Ron Guidry got hired with the fastball. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm, this is what's going through my mind. I'm going, well, wait a minute. Damn, Charlie's proven. He's done it. All that. And he's an older coach, so he's not really going to be looking for the next opportunity. You probably can keep him for a few years. Whereas right. maybe this Gidry guy, you know, he's trying to climb the ladder and you might lose him in another year or two if he has, you know, some good performances and somebody says, hey, you could be our head coach or something right. like that. So you, so you have, and then there's the other side of me that said, okay. Lance, uh, uh, Ron Guidry might be a great recruiter, too, and he's got a lot of energy and he's going to hit the road, whereas maybe Charlie, you know, he's not really at this age going to be hitting the road nearly as much as he used to. And, and I don't know if that's true or not, but something happened there. So what have you been able to unearth through all of this? What are the pluses and the minuses for hiring one guy, not hiring the other, and are any of the things that I talked about in the mix? Yeah, I think 100%. Um, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with Mario hiring a staff, guys that he hadn't necessarily been around, right? He'd been on the other coast with a different staff on the West Coast. He comes here, he tries to get guys that can be effective in this area of the country as recruiters, as people. Um, and I think, you know, Charlie Strong, he doesn't look it, but he's 62 years old. He's been coaching for a long, long time, and sometimes guys maybe run out of a little bit of steam, right? They're not as uh, as dedicated to the job as when they're young and hungry. You mentioned Lance Guidry. He's 51 years old, never been a Power 5 coordinator, has wanted to get to this level. He's hungry. He's got something to prove. He's been at McNeese State. He's been at Western Kentucky. He's been at Marshall. So to me, yes, I think all of that plays a role. Um, in terms of hiring staff nowadays. And I think the first time around, I think Mario was trying to hit a home run with a lot of big names, right? Kevin Steele, Charlie Strong. Uh, you hire the Broyles Award winner. Then you go through a season, you say, well, shit, that's not what we need here, right? We need, we need some young, hungry guys, some guys that still feel like they have something to prove that can actually help me move the program in the state that it's in. 
because I think when Mario first took the job, in all honesty, I don't think he realized how crappy the talent on this roster was. Like, I think it was one of those things where you, where, where even even on the other side of the country, you're like, well, they got to have receivers. I mean, it's Miami, right? They've got to have big time receivers. Well, they got to have a couple of offensive linemen. They got to have a couple of guys that can make a difference on defense. And I think Mario got in here, and a lot of the guys that are used to coaching elite talent, right? Charlie Strong has been on some great teams. Kevin Steele is coaching some at some really talented places. I think a lot of those guys got in here and they weren't ready to deal with some of the BS they had to deal with, right? I think they were frustrated. I think Josh Gaddis came in here from Michigan, who had just been in the college football playoff and said, we really got this many stupid kids on the roster that can't pick up my offense. We really have. And so it's almost as if he didn't apply the type of coaching staff that he needed for the situation that he was inheriting. He took the guys that he thought would make the program the best. And sometimes you need bridge guys. Oh, sometimes you need the grunt workers, the guys that can deal with the less talented players with the not as smart players, the guys that need to be coached up. And I I think that was Mario's fatal flaw. That's what I've come to understand being around this program, talking to a bunch of people that, Maybe it just wasn't the best fit, and he made some mistakes in the hiring process. So, yes, Charlie Strong, uh, I think, is probably better served being at a place that is a little bit more established, like in Alabama, where he was an analyst in 2020, or or someplace like that, where he's got the best players, he's got smart players, he's got guys ready to win. And I think we don't think about that enough when we think about coaching hires. We just think, well, this guy's going to come in. Well, no, sometimes you have to have the right fit in terms of personality, in terms of uh, the edge, you know, in terms of recruiting, guy who, who's hungry to want to do that kind of job. So I think that's probably the the mistake Mario made in year one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, that that staff unfortunately did not do a good job with what they had last year. All right, so what's uh, what's next? Well, I think obviously offensive coordinator. We're trying to see if uh, if he can get that. Uh, uh, done, uh, you know, Bruce Feldman, uh, who, who's obviously very, very tapped in. He's my colleague at The Athletic. We did a podcast right after uh, I was on here with you and I mentioned Lance Gidry, right? Like literally yes. two hours later, that's when, when all of that news broke. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we discussed uh, so- several guys. There's some that Bruce didn't mention. They've come to light here in the last couple of days. Other people have put it out there. Uh, Shannon Dawson, who's a passing game coordinator, at Houston, I think it's supposed to be here sometime soon to to speak with Mario. Last night, uh, James Coley, who I've said to you for two weeks, he was in the building uh, interviewing with Mario. Brandon Streeter, who was at Clemson, he was the uh, quarterback's coach. He moved into the offensive coordinator role this season and got basically fired and replaced it so they could bring in Garrett Riley. He was in the building earlier this week. So there's progress being made. I still think, you know, a guy like Doug Nussmeyer, a guy like Jason Candle are probably at the top of Mario's list. But both of those guys, I mean, um, uh, Candle's getting, uh, I guess, recruited <laughs> to be the OC at Notre Dame now. Notre Dame, I've told, I've tried to tell this to Miami fans before. That's a sexier job than Miami. I'm sorry. It just is. You go coach at offensive corner at Notre Dame these days, not the Miami in the 1990s and 2000s, but the, but the, you know, the Miami now, it's just not a sexy job. So Jason Candle, I think he's debating whether or not to stay at Toledo uh, or, or potentially take a, a Notre Dame or Miami type job. That's something that's that's sort of flailing in the wind. In the meantime, Mario's continue to interview guys. Doug Nussmeyer potentially could end up with the Ravens or another team as a quarterback's coach. Does he want to come back to the college level? That's why I bring all those things up, you know, when you and I talk, oh, so that to try to educate uh, the fans, because I don't, 
I don't think they really they always look at it from the fan glasses, right? Like, oh, right. we got to get the best guy. We got to get this. Well, there's a lot of things to play into this. And there's other schools and other teams looking for coordinators and coaches. And, and so they, they need to be cognizant of that. How is the administration, uh, you know, with all the writing of the checks? Because there's a lot of uh, money going yeah. out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think some of those guys are a little disappointed that they're having to, to, to pay buyouts and, and pay people to go away already. Uh, obviously, Kevin Steele getting another job makes that a lot easier. He quit to go to Alabama. So, but but they the, so the Alabama gave them some money now too, right? Like Miami had to give money to Tulane, five hundred thousand dollars to get Lance Gidry, right? Right, exactly. Th those kind of things happen. Um, you know, it's part of the operating business. But Miami knew that going in. Uh, oh, they knew that you know this is this is an investment, and sometimes you gotta. That's why all these reports about the new football facility only costing a hundred million dollars. Well, no. When I talk to people at Miami, they say, no, it's going to be closer to $300 million, right? You always, have a, you always have a goal of what you hope it costs. Then there's the reality of how much it costs. And business, in business, you always end up spending a lot more money than you think you're getting into because this has to be paid and that has to be paid. And this. So I, I think, you know, right now they're certainly supportive of Mario. He's not – they're not backing off that commitment to support him and, and to help get well, – That's right. I'm saying because they keep writing the checks, dude. So it's they impressive. They keep writing the checks, yes. But I, I will say this. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. How long will they put up with this? If Mario has to fire guys next year, right? If he doesn't get it right this year, are they going to be – Got to get results. Got to get results. Got to start getting results here. Got to start moving better. And, and look, the bottom line is it's a talent issue. Oh, I, I mean, look, coaching sucks too. The coaching wasn't great, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying – but – Let's be honest with ourselves. Talent-wise, uh, if that team is coached better, what are they at best last year? Seven and five, not five and seven. Maybe eight and four. Yeah, I eight mean, and four. I would go. Is that still is that still where you want to be as? No, no, team? but it would have been at least more of a respectable season. Like sure. you know, you're you're sure. you know. But my point is, you can't even make you know, a crappy bowl game. <laughs> no, listen, that's there's bad, no doubt. bro. That's bad. There, there, there's there's no doubt they underachieve from a coaching perspective, but. What is the bigger issue? The bigger issue is you need you need more, better players, right? Like you still need to bring in the better players. And Mario, I think, in that regard, uh, met his his goals. He got them a, a top seven recruiting class. Uh, he he brought in legitimate guys that can come in and make an impact. He went into the portal uh, with the help of John Ruiz and others, and, and brought in some good players with with some uh, NIL. And and so they're addressing the roster needs now. He's got to find, I think, the right coaches to get you to 10, 11, 12 wins with better talent. And, and you know, that's just part of it. But, again, this is a 10-year investment. Miami fans want results fast. Every fan wants results fast. They want to be where Florida State is right now, be 10-3 and three and have everybody talking about what a great program Florida State is and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is, uh, you know, this program has been in a really, really crappy state for a long time. 20 years. 20 and years, bro. That that I, I think we can say this now, right? We're, we're five or six years removed. The aberration was the ten and three season. That yes. was the aberration. Yeah, yeah. The the real season is seven and six every year. That's it's what it's been. kind of it's kind of what I've been talking about with the Miami Heat lately. I don't think the ownership group is as as committed. I think the front office made a lot of mistakes, but Eric Spolstra is such a freaking great chef that he makes it all look better than what it really is most off more often than not actually. So yeah, it's it's kind of like that actually. Yeah, you know? it really is. And it's the same thing that happened to the San Antonio Spurs, right? With Popovich, how many years did he still have them sort of competing? Now he can't because the team is just terrible. But the point is, uh, it, it look, 
if you don't have the talent, you're only going to go so far. You're only going to be so good. And I think what's, what's lacked here for the last 20 years, more than anything else, are really good talent evaluators and guys that could recruit their asses off and bring in really good players to come play here. Now, you got to win to do that. You can't yes. be five and seven. You can't be seven and five. You can't be eight and four. You got to string some 10 win seasons together, some nine win, 10 win seasons. You do that three, four years in a row. Then maybe you start getting more elite kids to want to buy in and believe in this. But we haven't gotten there. Miami has not gotten there. It has gone for every good season. You go back and look at Al Golden. He went nine and four one year, right? Uh, you go and you look at, at Mark Rick, 10 and three. The next year, they're crappy. The next year, they're right back to seven, six yeah. wins. So it, it, until you have some sustained winning, uh, it, you're never going to get out of this rut. You're just going to go back to being what you've been, and that's a seven-win program. Yeah. So yeah. Mario has to get past that. I think he will. I think he's going to hire the right kind of offensive coordinator, a guy who's going to come in here and put points on the board. That's what they need to do. They need to, they need to get some of these – Elite wide receivers, I'm telling you, oh, that is such an important thing. You got to get some of these elite playmakers from South Florida. Those are the guys that go everywhere else in the country, and you're like, oh, man, what if they would have had Amari Cooper? You know, oh, man, what if they would have had Jerry Judy? Uh, those are the guys that have to go to Miami. They have to get those guys to come to Miami again. Let's hope so. All right, uh, give me a percentage uh, figure here, uh, 1 to 100%. Um, Either they have one offensive coordinator or you've been talking about a one passing coordinator and a running coordinator. What are the chances of a passing running coordinator? What is the percentage you put on it? I, I, I think it, I would say that it's going to be split. I would probably give it 60-40 right now that it'll that, that you're not just going to get the one guy who can come in here and get the, the So the two guys, 60, 60% that we have a passing and running coordinators. I, yeah, I, I feel confident in that. I think, I think you know, the way it's trending right now, that that's probably the way it's going to end up. Um, that said, uh, I really don't know who the hell Mario is going to hire because it, I thought for a while it was going to be Jason Candle. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe Doug Nussmeyer because of their connection to Alabama and, and the fact Nussmeyer. But all of those things have sort of, you know, now it's not trending in that, that direction. Now you have James Coley in the building, you know. You're going to have this Houston passing game coordinator in the building this weekend. So I don't know where it sits. I, I think we're still probably a week away, uh, maybe, you know, three or four days away from this thing, hopefully having some sort of resolution. Um, I think the other aspect of it, oh, uh, you know, minority hiring. I know that that's going to become a big issue here. Uh, there's some local high school coaches and people around South Florida that are upset that Charlie Strong is gone. I think he's going to have to, you know, you look at this staff, uh, from a from a racial profiling perspective, you know how that matters in coaching now, um, and and people care and they and they will be angry and upset. I think he's he's going to have to figure out how to sort of calm that situation down and 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 you know hire some more minorities on this staff. I think we just talked about maybe being older and maybe not having the recruiting fire and all that kind of stuff. That maybe, all right, whatever. It is. I I, I just don't view Mario that way. You know what I mean? I kind of view Mario as a no-bullshit guy, and he, if he likes you, he likes you, and if he doesn't, he doesn't, and if he thinks you're mm -hmm. right, you're right, and if you're wrong, you're wrong, and he moves on, and it had nothing to do with what you look like. Well, no, listen. I, I just I, I kind of think I, he's I'm that not, guy. I don't know. I'm not, say, I'm not saying he is at all either. I think, oh, I think Mario would hire a giraffe if he could coach. 
Listen. And recruits. I'm, I'm 1,000% you know? behind that. There's no – listen, there's no question. I'm not saying that at all, that it's a Mario thing. I'm saying – Yeah, perception. A, I got From you. a perception on the outside thing, yeah. I, I think, you know, that's something, too, that, that may enter the discussion here as far as filling some of these positions. Because all the guys that I've named to you are white guys. Okay, all right, the yeah. OC names have been white guys. Uh, and, and there hasn't been any minority candidates yet. And if you, if you read the quote in ESPN from Charlie Strong, I wasn't interviewed. There's a reason he said that, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that sends the wrong kind of message out in the public. I think Mario, if you ask me, I think he's because of public perception and the way things are, you have to you have to. Uh, I got you. Some, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. I got you. I got you. I get it. But I just uh, his track record, the way he is, uh, I don't think he cares oh, about I, that. I, I agree uh, with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I'm on to something, I think. A giraffe as an offensive coordinator would be strong because he's got such a, you know, a high point of view of the field. He's going to see really things develop and he can really call play. I, I'm, you know, I, I think we should hire a giraffe for offensive. Well, you, you, Doesn't you even have to go to the booth. You need one at quarterback now. You can't have a, you can't have Derek King back there anymore because you got uh, you got six uh, what do you got six six three fifty at right guard you right got six six three thirty at left tackle. You're gonna have six five three oh five at right tackle. I mean you're gonna have some some big dudes and uh, you better be able to see over the line of scrimmage. So traffic quarterback might be the bigger need. Okay. Is it Glennon still in town, right, with the Dolphins? Oh, that's true. Mike Glennon. Does he have a year of eligibility left? Or does he want to play an offensive? Because with that neck, I mean, that's that's the human periscope. I was talking about him during the season that you, the Navy should hire him so that way if the periscope breaks down in a sub, you know, up Glennon. That's it, you know, and Glennon <laughs> just pops out of the sub. Yeah, it's all clear. You know, it's all good. All right, what do you got going on in the athletic? Well, listen, we just uh, put out a bunch of uh, recruiting roundtables for every single conference, uh, ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12. I mean, all of them are are out there uh, sort of recapping and giving some opinions on on the recruiting. Uh, We'll have something here on uh, Lance Guidry, not Ron Guidry. Uh, probably early next week Okay. Uh, as far as a story that Bruce and I are working on, Bruce Feldman. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got plenty of podcasts, plenty of news, all kinds of stuff going on. We're obviously watching the coordinator search. So lots to read over at The Athletic. All right. There you go. And follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. Have a fantastic weekend. All right, brother. You too. You got it. There you go. Don't forget, Canesware, 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Get on down there. The store is amazing. They've got anything and everything with the Canes logo. Inter-Miami is now getting started. They got Inter-Miami gear. Hey, they, they have some Marlins gear, too. When's the Marlins season? Anyway, uh, Dolphins gear. They've got Panthers gear. Panthers. Let's see if they can make a push for the damn playoffs there. Would be nice. Overall, so they got all kinds of stuff there. 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Now, if you can't make it to Davie anywhere in South Florida, anywhere in the world, you can make it to Canesware. Yeah, Canesware.com. And when you order over $99, free shipping from jerseys and shirts and helmets and hats and sandals and all kinds of stuff man you name it from pens pencils earrings bracelets they got anything and everything bar uh bar um like uh i don't know what would you call it bar lights or whatever they're called huh 
neon lights. Yeah, you know, with the Canes logo on it, they spin, or, or you can put them against the wall and they light up. It's really, really nice. The, the amount of things that they have in that place with a Canes logo is just absolutely sick. Go see Brett and Jeff and all the great people out there, man. They'll take care of you at caneswear.com.